Hello, you're listening to the Various and Sundry Things podcast, the vast podcast. I am your host, Donna Gay Tyler. Today is July 10th, 2022. I had to think about the year for a second. See, that's what happens when you get older. I had originally recorded my first episode of the podcast last week on July the 3rd, and then a little bit on July the 4th, before all the fireworks started, you know, in the neighborhood. But as I listened to that particular episode, the first one, um, I realized that it was a little dark, a little slightly depressing for my first time out the gate, and hence why I decided to re-record the podcast. Um, As I said, it was coming up on the 4th of July holiday. I was reflecting on what the 4th of July has meant and means to me um, at this point in my life. I was remembering how my mom had taken my brother and I to a 4th of July um, fireworks display in downtown Chicago in Soldier Field. So this was a long time ago. And I remember being in love with fireworks, but oh my God, they were so loud and we were pretty young and they scared the bejesus out of me. And so she ended up taking us home um, early because like we we couldn't take it. It was way too loud and we were way too scared. Um, I've thought about also, that was back then. And uh, again, I've thought about back in the day, I know we used to dress up in red, white, and blue. My mother still does. Hey, mama. Um, And, you know, I've been to my share of cookouts, picnics, that kind of thing, Um, celebrating 4th of July with friends, doing my own um, fireworks, but not really, I guess, buying them and looking at them from afar and letting somebody else light them because, you know, I don't want to be that guy in the video that, you know, loses an arm or finger um, because of fireworks. But at the same time, as I've gotten older, the 4th of July has come to mean something different to me in this country. Um, I've thought about, and last weekend especially, I thought about um, just just this year alone, not even dealing with COVID and the pandemic, which is not quite over, but you know, some of us, um, I am us, have stopped wearing masks in certain um, situations. Although I did wear one when I went to DC a couple of weeks ago on the airplane, cause yuck. Um, but I thought about like the shootings that we've dealt with just since May. This is just the beginning of June, right? So like there was the New York, um, Buffalo, New York grocery store shooting in May. And then that, um, equally tragic uh, shooting at the school in Uvalde, Texas. Um, And then July the 4th itself um, in Highland Park, um, a very well-to-do suburb of Chicago, not Chicago itself, but unfortunately becoming more and more like other parts of America, there was an actual shooting at a 4th of July parade. Huh? Right. That was rather disturbing. And so, yeah, that, part really made my, I mean, I was, I had to sit with that for a while and trying to record a podcast about the 4th of July and what it has meant and what it means to me was, was pretty difficult. And so I kind of put this on pause for a little bit to regroup and come back to my first podcast. Instead, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about um, a trip that my family recently took to Washington, D.C., home of Howard University, the real HU, you know. Um, I hadn't been back since I graduated in year. Um, it's been a long time. <laughs> Those of you who know me know how old I am. And I've already said I'm in my fourth decade of life. And unfortunately, I hadn't been back to Howard 
since I graduated, but I wanted to go and my husband, who's also a graduate of Howard University, um, we wanted to go and take our daughter. And it was a grand time. I mean, we did a lot in a few days and I was so glad to go back to the campus and see how beautiful it was. And remembering how hot DC is in the summertime, my goodness, all that humidity. We don't get as much down here in Kentucky, as much humidity, but my God, glad I got locks now because the fro would not be froing, okay? And all that humidity. But anyway, um, we really did. We had a really, really good time. We had planned to um, visit some museums, not everything because you just can't do everything, you know, um, especially with a five-year-old, all that walking, that she is not about that walk in life. It's like, where's my car? Where's my driver? I'm not ready for all of this. It was hilarious, but she's a real trooper and I appreciate it. Love you, girl. Um, Sorry about the lip smacking there. That's my Southside Chicago girl coming out. So one of the museums or places, museums that we went to, we went to, we went to the National Gallery of Art, right? Because we were seeing these advertisements on the bus stops and this picture was really, really riveting. And so my husband and I looked at each other and like, eh, we got to go see that. And so I'm turning the page in my notebook now for my notes. At the National Gallery of Art, there is this particular exhibit. And I think it's um, ending this month. So if you're trying to get to D.C. or if you're planning on going to D.C. anytime soon, get there before the end of July. So you can go to the National Gallery of, Gallery of Art and see the Afro-Atlantic histories. And so the picture that's on the museum's, uh, the National Gallery's webpage, the front of his webpage for this particular exhibit and on the bus stops is this really, really riveting, gorgeous black and white. Um, I guess it's a photograph um, of a black woman. She's got natural hair, but it kind of does look like it's arranged in a kind of crown formation, not a spiky crown, but like a rounded crown, right? And so like I said, my husband and I looked at each other. We saw the advertisement for it on the bus stop and was like, eh, we gotta add that to the stop, right? And okay, that's the only exhibit that we visited when we went to the National Gallery of Art. We saw the black exhibit and we bounced. But anyway, it's fantastic. Um, some of the pieces, and I'm actually like really going through my phone right now to look at the pictures that of some of the things that um, really, really stood out. I mean, it's really hard when you go to a, a museum, you know how it is. And I love museums, did I mention that? That's, that's that other nerd side of me. And also, thank you, mama, because she took us to museums when we were kids all the time, even the church that we went to. That was like church field trips was, you know, to the museum during vacation Bible class. I'm off on my various and sundry things tangent. Sorry about that. Um, or kind of not sorry, because, hey, you tuned in. You know what you're going to get with various and sundry things. Anyway, um, one of the things that really, really stood out to me was... Um, this, it, it's called vacuum formed plastic of the ex-slave Gordon. You're probably familiar with that. Um, it's a former slave and his back is just really, you know, scourged up. As a matter of fact, I think that's the name of it, the scourged back. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's obviously, he's obviously been beaten and whipped um, and like there's just raised skin and it's, it's a, it's terrible. But this photo is really, really famous. It's in a lot of textbooks. I'm a former social studies teacher. I've seen it a million times. But this particular piece by Arthur Jaffa, who's an American and born in 1960, he named it Ex-Slave Gordon. And so he attaches his name to the piece because, as he mentions, um, because this um, photograph was passed around so much um, during the Civil War, I think, um, Gordon's name was lost. You know, he became a symbol, but like, I don't even think that I knew that his name was Gordon until like a few years ago. And I had seen this photograph of him 
I mean, you know, way before I realized that, you know, his name or before I came to the knowledge that his name was Gordon. But this particular piece, this raised plastic, it's like in relief. So it's it kind of gives it a slight um, uh, three-dimensional di three touch to it. Well, actually, you're not supposed to touch it. Mm, nah, we'll talk more about that, um, <laughs> what my husband was doing during our visit to the museums. <laughs> anyway, um, you're not supposed to touch it. But anyway, it... It, it, it's riveting to say the least. So again, one of the things that you wanna check out while you're there. Another one that I saw that I took pictures of um, was by John Quincy Adams Ward, who's also an American. His um, sculpture in bronze is called The Freedmen. And um, so this one is considered, um, I'm reading actually from the exhibit, one of the naturalistic, one of the first naturalistic depictions of, of an African-American subject the freedman has become an enduring icon of the Civil War era. So um, he wasn't the artist was inspired by Abraham Lincoln's emanci Emancipation Proclamation, but he did not depict the slaves as pleading and powerless. Like you may have seen those artistic representations, and where Lincoln is given like you know this big stature, you know, in the painting. And you know the African American slaves or African slaves are like down on their knees and looking up as if you know Lincoln was their savior. And you do know the Emancipation Proclamation did not free the slaves, right? Okay, that's a podcast for a different day. But anyway, in this particular work, um, the 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 freedman is kind of depicted as you know having his own agency and his own power and and his chains are broken so it almost appears as if he broke his own chains right you better go ahead john quincy adams ward um another one that i really really loved um it took pictures of again was um the piece that's um on the website for the national gallery of art and used in it's you know the advertising piece and i'm going to mess up this name and i apologize in Tozake 2, the artist's name, I'm going to mess that up too. Oh, dang it. What's her name? The artist's name is Zanelli Muhali. Um, and in this piece, it's a photographic wall mural. So it's huge. It is like, you know, it's much larger than life, right? It's a big wall mural. And for me, this was like the piece de resistance, right? It was you know, the highlight of um, this particular exhibit, because this is what I had seen on, you know, advertised. And again, it's the artist um, in all black. Um, I don't know if her skin is purposefully or if their skin rather is purposefully darkened, but the eyes are, they just jump out of this photo. The hair kind of looks like a crown. And what I actually read about the piece when we were in the, um, the National Gallery of Art is depicted kind of like the Statue of Liberty. And I was like, oh, I get it. Um, it's the turn of the shoulders and the eyes kind of looking up and away. But everything else, the, the artist, the subject of this painting is very dark. The hair is very dark. Everything is very, very dark, very black, I should say. And, and But those eyes, the whites of the eyes are very white and it's really riveting. I mean, this, this thing is, it's phenomenal to look at. And so everyone in, in there is like, you know, in art galleries are like, it's very quiet, kind of like, you know, old school libraries, which is kind of weird because 
shouldn't you be having conversations about the artwork? Why are we so quiet in there and whispering? It's really weird. So anyway, like I said, we saw that and then we bounced. That was it. Like, all right, National Gallery of Art. Thanks so much. Oh, and by the way, the staff there, beautiful. I mean, you know, that's what church folks say when they say something is really nice. Oh my God, they were beautiful. They were so helpful, really helpful. And they wore masks. So shout out to them. Um, one of the other big highlights of our trip, besides Howard University, going to plug them one more time, um, we went to the National Museum of African American History and Culture. And this is really, besides Howard, one more time, one more again, this is really what I was dying to see or living to see. I really wanted to see this museum, go visit it. I had heard about it, you know, online, just like everyone else. I had friends um, who are veterans of the military and they got gotten in, were able to skip the line. Um, maybe they went two years ago. I'm not sure. Um, of course, you know, when it first opened, it was super crowded. The lines were long and it's free to get in. You just got to get um, you got to get tickets ahead of time to get in. The National Gallery of Art, you can just walk in. No tickets. National Museum of African-American History and Culture. That's a mouthful, but that's OK. You got to get tickets in advance to go. So we went um, there and I think there's like um, so we, this one, you know, you started at the bottom. Now we're here. It's reverse. You start at the top and then you work your way down. Um, and we stayed there the bulk of the day. We were there for several hours and it's kid friendly. Um, the staff there, once again, wonderful, super helpful. Um, there's restrooms on every floor. I say that because I have a five-year-old and, you know, she has to take frequent breaks to go, you know, uh, pit stops to go to the bathroom. Um, we went to the sweet, is it called sweet home cafe? I'm going to mess that up and I apologize. Um, and the food was really good. And we were trying to eat a little bit more healthy in our household. So we didn't have the fried chicken and macaroni and cheese. But what we did have was really, really good. And it's it's just like the, the atmosphere and everything. It's really, really cool. Some of the standout exhibits there um, that we got a chance to visit was, um, and again, this one, this particular one is also being advertised heavily throughout the city of D.C., um, is called Reckoning, Protest, Defiance, and Resilience. And the artwork that goes along with that is the Breonna Taylor portrait um, painted by Amy Sherald. I think it's how you say her name, her last name, um, who also, you might know, did the official portrait of First Lady Michelle Obama. Um, the portrait of Breonna Taylor in the blue flowing dress um, was on the cover of Vanity Fair um, for their September 2020 issue, which I'm pretty sure I know I got that in the house somewhere. Um, and it was like a guest edited by Tana Hesey Coates. I'm messing up your name too. And I'm sorry, because I know you at Howard University right now. My bad. But yeah, great. Um, that particular magazine, like you're turning pages and reading and crying. I mean, and that picture alone, that portrait, is beautiful. And the way that it's um, lit um, in in the exhibit, um, it's in a, a darkened room and then the lights on it. It's It does. Like I was in my feelings a number of times. I had to exhale and woosah a couple of times because um, I live in Kentucky. Um, I don't live in Louisville, but you know, the or Louisville for the folks that are down here. I'm sorry, I'm mispronouncing that. Um, and the Breonna Taylor um, tragedy, actually, it, it, it hits home and it's, it's really... It's kind of it's it's like a lot of things. It's tough to swallow. It's tough to deal with. Um, the police officers who killed her were never really brought to justice, and like I said, it just it literally hits close to home. But that particular exhibit, reckoning, protest, defiance, and resilience. Um, there's a lot of artwork in um, that piece in that exhibit. Rather, 
One of the ones that stuck out to me, again, I, I'm like really going through my phone right now, looking at the pictures, was, um, I think it's a pencil drawing of a lady named Yoretta Adair, and she's holding, it's her um, mugshot. And when I, you know, like from a distance, you think it's um, Rosa Parks, but I, I was like, wait, the face is a little bit off, and I don't think that's the right number. Not that I know Rosa Parks' um, mugshot number, but this is another lady who was also arrested um, she was part of the Montgomery Improvement Association, I think is the name of it. Um, and this was this organization that formed after Rosa Parks was um, arrested for, you know, refusing to give up her seat on a bus. And so I did not know that there were groups of people who were also protesting and were arrested. And this often happens in history, anybody's history, as a matter of fact, but this often happens in history. A lot of women end up getting erased or at least sidelined. And um, I was, you know, like interested to see that because I'd never seen this picture before. Um, another thing that stuck out to me in this particular exhibit was um, this quilted portrait. And it is gorgeous by Bisa Butler, who I think had an exhibit at the Art Institute of Chicago last year. I didn't get a chance to see it. But the name, the name of this quilted portrait is I Go to Prepare a Place for You. And it's of... Um, Harriet Tubman. It's the picture that was recently um, discovered of her. So it's not the one where Harriet Tubman is wearing like a um, a head wrap, but this one is her like in a, a fancier kind of outfit and she isn't wearing a head piece. And like I said, this is a quilted portrait and it is gorgeous. It's huge too. It's, that's Bisa Butler's work. It is huge. Um, and again, the centerpiece of this particular exhibit is Brianna Taylor by Amy Sherald. Um, that one's fabulous. There's a lot in this museum and definitely um, you'll need several hours to, you know, see everything. Um, and I'm just kind of highlighting the big things that we saw and the last exhibit that we saw. I mean, like the stuff on um, Black culture is just, it's crazy. The music part of it is there's like a little um, record room. It's like a um, like an old like an old school record store. Um, I can't think of the name of any of those record stores that we Tower Records. You all remember that? Oh my god, um, that used to be the place back in the day when you know music was released on vinyl and then CDs. But like, yeah, those don't exist anymore. And I can't think of the name of any more. But I used to go to them. I remember Tower Records in DC was Maryland, something like that. And then they were at the mall too. But anyway, um, the culture exhibits are really cool. The last exhibit that we saw there was um, Make Good the Promises, Reconstruction and Its Legacies. And um, I, I'm a former social studies teacher. And so this particular exhibit on reconstruction was right up my alley because I used to teach US history. And um, as a matter of fact, I was having a conversation with my husband about Eric Foner's A Short History of Reconstruction. That's what we nerds do. It's like, yeah. And so I'm lecturing him and he's like, girl, get out of here. But not in a bad way. Like, oh my God, you're such a nerd. You know so much. So again, this exhibit was right up my alley. Um, and, and it had some interactive um, things too for my daughter to, um, you know, to look at. There was this one exhibit where... Um, you could, it was kind of like that movie Minority Report, where you didn't have to touch the actual screens. You could use like gestures to move through the pieces, um, uh, the artifacts. And it, instead, of, instead of touching the screen and swiping, you could just use gestures. And that was straight out of like, you know, that Steven Spielberg movie, like I said, Minority Report. And again, there's my nerd side coming out. Um, 
one of the, the highlight, one of them, but definitely like the centerpiece of this um, exhibit. And this was the part where you couldn't um, use uh, any kind of recording devices. Um, and like I almost was literally in tears. Like when I left out, I recorded um, my own reactions because I just wanted to remember how I felt looking at these pieces. There were um, pieces from like the modern day civil rights movement. So we've got, um, they had Bree Newsom's climbing gear. Remember, she's the lady that climbed up to the top of the flagpole and removed the Confederate flag. Um, so her climbing gear is there, um, her cell phone, her emergency bag, um, her backpack. I mean, I was like, whoa. And shout out to Bree Newsom for doing such an amazing feed. Um, there was the notes, the Bible study notes and Bible from one of the victims of the Mother Emanuel shooting. One of her friends had saved her notes um, from that particular day that she had actually taken to church with her for Bible class. Um, I believe there was Stacey Abrams' blue dress um, that she wore, um, I believe it was when she gave her concession speech. I'm not entirely sure about that, but Stacey Abrams, who's running again for governor in, at, uh, in Georgia, um, if I could, I would vote for her, but you know, you know, I'm from Chicago. We vote early and we vote often, but you know, that's, that's, that's old school politics. And then there was um, Trayvon Martin's hoodie with what appeared to be the bullet holes in it, his jeans, his shoes, his cell phone, um, the drink that he had and the bag of Skittles. And also his mom, um, Sabrina Fulton's, she wears those sick silk flowers um, a lot of times when she's out in public. And one of them was also on display along with the clothing that he was wearing um, when he was killed in Florida. Um, just, a, a, gosh, what, 10 years ago now? I'm probably wrong on that date, but I'll double check that on the year rather. But a riveting, oh my God, a riveting exhibit at the National Museum of African American History and Culture. Like I said, I had to step in the hallway and really like regroup and I recorded um, myself, just my own thoughts about that particular exhibit because, you know, those pieces of the exhibit, you could, because you, you can't um, take photographs of it, but it is well put together, well curated is the term, right, for museums um, and those types of pieces. The entire museum is a treat. What really, really was a great wrap up to our visit at the museum was the museum store. And I'm a sucker for those kinds of places because I always want to buy something that'll help me remember, you know, some of the highlights of my trip. In addition to obviously all the pictures that we take on our cell phones. Um, and so we visited the museum store and we spent a boatload of money on various and sundry um, items. Um, I bought a new journal. Um, I, I think I got two new journals, as a matter of fact, um, hand-painted journals. I got some wooden earrings, um, one with an Afro pick, another one that looks like a cassette tape. Y'all remember that? Some of my listeners are probably too young for that, but that's okay. Um, cassette tapes used to be where it is um, or where it was. Uh, my daughter got, some, we all got some stuff, right? My husband, my daughter, and I. And one of the things that I looked at, it was one of the first things that I picked up was Black History flashcards. And that took me all the way back, actually, to the beginning of this podcast when I was talking about how my mom took us to the fireworks um, displays for the 4th of July. My mother, God bless her, um, 
bought us Black History flashcards when we were younger. So she was not relying on the public school system to teach us about our history and teach us, myself and my brother, about ourselves. Um, we had Black History flashcards. And I tease my students about that. I tell them that story, um, particularly during Black History Month, because a lot of things that I introduced to them during that time, they have uh, the people that I introduced to them, they have no idea who they are. And I'm like, what? My mama had Black History flashcards for my brother and I. And so, yeah, that was one of the things that I picked up. And I had a moment in the <laughs> in the museum store with those Black History flashcards. Um, they have some on Amazon also too. Anyway, um, and shout out to my mom for buying us the Black History flashcards and for embedding really in me um, knowledge of who I am, the people that I come from, and really my Black history and love of museums that I have to this day. And that's it. That's the end of my very first episode. If you want to engage with me on social media, my handle is Donna Tyler. that's all one word, on your favorite social media platform. You can also leave me some feedback here for the podcast. And if you do me a really big favor, please share this with a friend. I'd love to expand my audience, expand my horizons. And finally, stay classy. And thanks for listening.